the memory distillery everyone i'm anthony verneri and i'm john deck and each week we will malt mash ferment and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies and this week on the memory distillery i do not play with my balls that's right we're watching planes trains and automobiles from 1987 directed by john hughes uh john up until doing the prep for the show tonight, I didn't even know that this was a John Hughes film. Like, when I think of John uh, Hughes, what? I usually think of, like, the Brat Pack, like, you know, 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and <sighs> Ferris Bueller and, and movies like that. Like, I don't think of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Like, I didn't have an idea of who had directed this, but I didn't think it was John Hughes. I have no response to that. I turned my nose up at you, sir. Well, good day. <laughs> no yeah i mean it's it, i i don't know even know how to respond to that really because it's just one of those movies that to me fits into that john hughes mold and it's always just been in my head there so i could see if you didn't know and then you just discovered to kind of be like whoa okay um but yeah it's got the it doesn't have the the typical teen comedy farce angle to it um but yeah i'm i couldn't be more excited to for us to be kind of reviewing and watching this movie uh it it kind of reaches into similar levels of nostalgia as say like beetlejuice that we covered not too long ago and um it's really i i I think we've probably touched on this one or two times but it's come up before in our podcast i think maybe when we're talking about road trip movies um because it's undoubtedly one of the best one of those oh yeah no doubt and just the the chemistry between Steve Martin and John Candy, the, the the humor, the the connection, the the annoyances, the warmth. I mean, there's so much to it that it just it's hard for me to describe. And and I feel remiss in not having watched this for quite a long time, despite it just being a really amazing movie that I, I love very much. Um, so as we head into this holiday season. Um, I thought, you know, we were talking about it, and this is one of the the few movies centered or near around or has anything to do around the Thanksgiving holiday that I can just boldly step forward and claim a deep love for without having to feel weird about the holiday. Because this is really just about, you know, connections and family and, and, and road trips and making jokes about pillows. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait for the, to see the pillow jokes again. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, but I, I agree with you um, in that like this is a great road trip movie and maybe even like a, a quintessential kind of buddy road trip comedy. And like I remember this being funny in in sort of the way that only a John Candy and Steve Martin movie can be. Like it's it's. I, I think we're in for a lot of laughs. I think that we're in for a lot of enjoyment and and nostalgia. And I think that it's going to hold up um, the the same way that it did, you know, in our youth. And I think we will gonna see. Be, I think it's going to be good. Uh, 
John so, Candy movie number two. John Candy movie number two is correct. I thought when we were talking about this that we had done more, but John corrected me that we, we this is only our second one. Uh, so at this point, uh, John and I are going to pause and we're going to go watch this. Uh, it's not available for streaming anywhere, uh, at least not without paying for it. So if you want to watch it, you can check it out on any of the paid streaming services like Google or uh, Vudu or, or Amazon or any of those. Uh, John and I will be watching this from our personal libraries. Uh, so stick around and when we come back, we will talk about planes trains and automobiles what do you say john mm-hmm. let's do it let's do it. all right we are back everyone uh hey real quick before we jump into the movie I know you guys are really excited uh, every time we do one of these episodes, and uh, we think that maybe you probably have some friends who would be excited to listen to them as well. So uh, share the show with a friend. Mention it to you know a fellow movie lover, uh, somebody who you know. Or someone who doesn't love movies, and we'll make them love movies with our wonderful presence and, our, and words. Our, our lilting, uh, silky voices. Our lilting voices. That's one of the that's one of the best self compliments we've ever given ourselves. Uh all right, let's get into it. Um so John, I would say that this was probably at least as funny as I remember it being. That's incorrect. It's even funnier. Oh. I stand corrected then. Then you remember it. It's about equally as funny as I remember okay. it. But it's funny. It's funnier, it's funnier than, than, than you remember it. it. Okay, I'm glad. I guarantee. I'm glad that. you were able to clarify that for everyone. Yeah. Did you know John Candy's mustache was digitally uh, added to this movie uh, using the same technology later used in uh, Justice League for Henry Cavill's face? Um, this joke isn't going anywhere, especially if people listening don't know about all that debacle. They, well, they took but Henry I've... Cavill's mustache from the future and put it onto John Candy's face in the past. It was actually it was it was much much greater technology than maybe anybody really knew about. But honestly, it's not that big of a deal because they were using time travel technology with Terminator stuff, so it makes sense. That's okay. I'll I'll give you that. And that wraps up the show. <laughs> I think that's, that's the essence of what we were looking at That was the funniest here. we were going to be, everybody. Uh, that's the movie. And uh... No, but uh, you know, for as funny as this movie was, I forgot probably how tragic certain parts of the movie were. That is true. Like, it was, it was really sad seeing Kevin Bacon leave so early. <laughs> I did not get enough bacon in this, for sure. Yeah, that was tragic. Uh, but no, I like. I guess what I mean is, like, I mostly just remember Neil being kind of annoyed and pissed off at Dell all the time, and Dell just being sort of oblivious to it. I didn't really remember sort of how how much of that Dell kind of took to heart, and how much of it he like was was really cognizant of, and like how the two sort of got on each other's nerves rather than it being kind of a one-way deal i mean yeah really 
the the beginning, middle, and end of why this movie works and why it's good and why it's hilarious uh, all rests on the shoulders of John Candy and Steve Martin, and and the fact that they each could have they they could both be over the top ridiculous and have a certain heart at the core of who who they each are like that just redeems what would otherwise be just probably absolute garbage um if you you know just kind of try to run this through as a comedy leaning on the jokes themselves but it's the way they deliver it it's every single look on steve martin's face as he's scrunching up his nose and and you know flopping around and being all upset and angry and like he has his comedic angry run that he does every time he's chasing a car or train or anything that's out there and like which he's got feet there's just he could move i did not realize how fast steve martin could move he was running after that taxi cab pretty quick he actually got that in a time travel bit from tom cruise um so lots of time travel in this movie yeah it's you you wouldn't think it that's not how i remember that's probably the biggest surprise honestly i wasn't surprised by the the funniness and the weirdness and the kooky zany you know horrible road trip side like <laughs> i remember all that i just didn't remember all the time travel elements it kind of yeah it, it kind of comes at you out of nowhere and it's funny cuz as as you and I, as we look forward to December coming up soon, and we're going to start, you know, digging into some of these Christmas movies. And, and hey, everyone, be sure to check out social media like Facebook so you can vote on what movies to do. That's going to be a thing again come December. It's coming. Wait for it. But uh, I've just noticed that a lot of people refer to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles as a Christmas movie. And, and while it has a bit of that spirit in it it's very clearly about it's you know and trying to get back very specific very very specific yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to get to my thanksgiving dinner i'm missing my daughter's thanksgiving uh recital or whatever it is like it, it is a thanksgiving movie it is one of the few the few the proud the thanksgiving movies yeah, yeah i think that goes to show the very point that we keep getting at with this whole idea of nostalgia overruling facts sometimes and i think maybe people who haven't seen in a long time just have that like oh it's a heartwarming holiday movie at its core and then they just automatically translate it to thinking it must be about christmas somehow uh even some of the there's a, a couple of different versions of of like movie covers and different images they use for advertising and one of them has like green and red lettering with like a candy cold candy cone Can- what am i candy saying cane? can't candy yeah like a candy cane like uh or like a barbershop pole with the red and white but it's kind of like a candy cane so like there are some visual cues with the snow and everything that might make you feel like it's Christmassy. so i don't i don't hate on people who just have that reaction but come on it's really a thanksgiving movie and that's what we're all about here at the memory distillery that's right step aside fat man it's still thanksgiving time give it the respect it deserves you have all December. Yeah. So speaking of other things that don't really matter. Um, right. Oh, wait, no. Uh, yeah, I, I really, the, the, the highest level uh, uh, reviews, sometimes we just kind of give our impressions. And no, I, I love this movie. I still do. Out of everything we've done in the last year or so, I'd say, I mean, pretty clearly, I'd say this one made me laugh out loud more than anything else. 
maybe more than everything else combined, because I was just constantly chuckling at the antics because they're just so ridiculous, but they were just pulled off so masterfully. It was just a, a wonderful thing to watch. Well, they had great banter, right? Like yeah. the the back and forth between Dell and Neil was was constantly good. Like you never had a moment where in the dialogue it was just you know boring or you know oh I can walk away because they're not really talking about anything you know exciting or or but probably the closest you get is like the 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 second or the like the last motel room that they're staying in the one that they like crash the car through after they burn the car down and <laughs> you know they they they're getting drunk and just sort of bullshitting but even that was like oh this is like a heartwarming moment now like we we finally get that that sort of that warmth to the movie that maybe we didn't have in you know the the previous hour but th- there's never a moment where you go uh, I'm good like it's it's a constant, you know, go go go. Yeah, I mean it, it's 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 kind of like they're they're putting it, you know, it was getting in gear and then picking up speed, and then by the time we get to that second uh, hotel room, like you said, it's like we're finally we're almost at the end. So they let off the gas a bit, and we're starting to slow down and you know settle into our feelings and just pull into the parking space of home. One thing that, that this movie sort of made me think about was that this sort of comes at the end of like the the traveling salesman career right like there's not a ton of those left anymore it it sort of started tapering off at the end of the 80s i feel like and and you really just like everything's online now so like why why do we have traveling salesmen and this i, I think the same kind of goes for marketing agents or marketing reps too like you don't have madison avenue with you know these these power marketing guys anymore like it's all everything's digital now i mean to some extent um i agree that you see a lot less shower curtain uh uh, ring salesman yeah super super specific like it's all i don't sell shower curtains just the rings yeah so i mean you do see a lot less of that than you used to i remember that was really big in the 80s uh, like every fourth person you met, they had a gigantic trunk, presumably filled with their wares. Mm-hmm. So, I, or I think, body parts. I mean, it I was mean, a fifty-fifty yes. shot. That is what most people probably thought. That first night in the motel room was great. Um, hmm. there, there wasn't a single part of that entire sequence from when they get to really from like in the the quote-unquote taxi cab. I don't know how you can really call that a taxi, but yeah. from when they get in the taxi all the way up through checking in and having to share the bed and Dell showering first and using every towel except for <laughs> the, the one little washcloth. Oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> the beer on the bed and the hands between the pillows. Those aren't pillows. Or like um, when they're when they're laying there and and then Dell does his like trying to clear his nasal the, the passages and like <laughs> like every second of you're right the whole everything in that hotel scene was so uncomfortable and so hilarious and and yeah it did have some of that like uh you know after the 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 waking up and the you know the whole like. Oh yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about football, Bears games. Oh yeah, because that'll that'll get us out of the situation. Like that was kind of like, oh okay, yeah. Um, but like there was so much going on. 
like in each moment where one of them was well usually Dell was you know the the hurricane and then Neil was there to just witness and you know react to everything happening and so like the parts that really didn't work as well I think were especially early on whenever Neil was actually talking or doing anything meaning like he would I'm not saying like he delivered things badly as an actor as Steve Martin, but I'm saying like, you know, he, he caused a lot of trouble. Things just didn't tend to work for him um, and things were falling apart and uh, everything that was happening that Dell was doing, you then saw Neil react to what was happening with it. And it was special. It was special. But yeah, that shower scene was so... <laughs> Just it was, it was so beautifully done because it's then, so I could just I could just be there I can imagine it and that that like ugh, like oh just looking around and and even the next morning with the socks in the sink and no towels but the underwear hanging and like all these different things going on I'm just like oh they're just really keying into things that would just make me freak out like internally mm-hmm. it was wonderful it was great and like they call back to it too like just a few minutes later when they get up and like neil goes into the bathroom and like is splashing water on his face and he's like oh why does this water smell then they like the camera cuts down and you get that uh that murky water shot with dell's socks in the sink yeah and then you have oh hey if you're gonna use the sink uh take my socks out first I, I like it was so great i wanted to vomit but on the same token like it was just it was hilarious and i do i do love as we went through seeing all the different uh small well i don't want to say small parts but you know the the little character pieces that we see the there's so many wonderful little vignette vignettes of like mm-hmm. you know starting with word. with kevin bacon but there's just so many with edie mcclurg at the car rental place and mm-hmm. michael mckeon as the, as the cop yeah. i mean that's just great or even little little matthew lawrence as the oh yeah i was gonna the, mention him too and uh oh and um what's his face uh the guy who was the lawyer in jurassic park martin something he was just at at the hotel. He's the guy who ran the second motel. Uh, Martin Ferrero. So yeah, so it was just seeing all these different people, or, or you know Ben Stein, and like just these little bit parts, just little things, through, you know, here and there. But it's like they they just took their tiny little part and then just made it a fun little moment. Good but on yeah, them. Good it on them. Just, it was yeah, absolutely good on them. It was neat. Like it was it was fun to have. Like everybody sort of knew their part and and played it well and it it didn't have to bleed over into other scenes or anything like that uh probably my favorite one of those is edie mcclurg um because <laughs> her very last line is just you're fucked uh it, like i just I, don't know, I just i love it it's fantastic yeah i had to look this up because like you get to the end of the movie and it, like it, it's oh his of... last name is candy like like the food oh, you could eat. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank well, you. Yeah, for clearing to look it up, up but yeah, cause... it's understandable. No, but now if I could get to what I was actually going to say was, uh, things. Well, I'm glad you got to it. So let's move yep. on. 
Uh, no, it started to tug in my head as like because every time they would do the exterior shot on Neil's house, I was like, wait a minute, why does that look so familiar? Is it? And I got is to it the Home end Alone? Of the movie, and I was like, is that the Home Alone house? Is it? It is not the Home Alone house. Oh, that's what I, I thought it was. I thought for sure. It I was. thought it was too, and yeah. then like I looked it up. Um, so that house is in. Uh, so the one from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is in Kenilworth, Illinois. The one from Home Alone is in Winnetka, Illinois. Mm. It's all my backyard growing up. Yeah, you you are a, a, a Chicagoan, aren't you? Chicago suburban. Gotcha. Something like that. It, Illinoisianato. I mean, Illinoisianato. I like the pitch change, but that's that's not the right word for it. We just call ourselves ill. That's where that came from. Ill. Oh, yeah. so like when it's time to get ill, yep, that it's means time to, to get Illinois. someone from Illinois. Yep. Get your buddy from Chicago who knows where the best deep dish pizza is. It's time mm, to get ill. East Geno's. Geno's East. <laughs> I even screwed I know, up. I hear, I, I hear Giordano's. Meh. It's fine. What else you got, John? And that's when the, the plane crashed. Oh, and the bodies were everywhere. So, planes, trains, and automobiles, they... They don't really do a great job of making you want to fly on a plane. Um, the plane sequence as well. Really, I mean, just again, from the beginning, everything they do with the shoes and then the socks coming off, sitting mm. next to him. Like, they're, uh, they're so, so much. And like the fact that he's just a larger guy to begin with and already, you know, expanding into that seat and that Steve Martin's stuck in the middle with the, the old guy sleeping on his shoulder and like, all these things happening, like I well, no, I, but they had it better back then. They had it so much better back then. That's back before they started cutting inches out from the the seat width and from like the the distance between the seats. So like, you had more leg room back then. That's why he was able to reach down and even do that. And like, because John Candy, if John Candy were alive today and tried to do that on a Southwest Airlines flight or a Delta Airlines flight, there's absolutely no way he's getting his hand anywhere near his foot well let me to tell take you off his shoe let me tell you this much even with the uh better plane accommodations and, and space and whatever it may be that was just sheer hell that they were presenting to me and there was no need to even think about how it would be worse nowadays because that right there I mean, I make no secret of the fact that I'm not a lover of flying in planes, and every everything they depicted there were all exaggerations of what really does happen, and sometimes not even that great of exaggerations. And flying in a plane, being stuck in a position like that, like, there's just not a lot of things that I can imagine that are too much worse than that. Like, that's just torture in my mind. So, like, the whole idea of you know, being driving somewhere, you know, with your car on fire, like that to me is a lot more appealing than being in that plane situation. <laughs> See, I don't have that same kind of aversion to air travel. It is my preferred mode of travel, if I, especially if I'm going like across the country or really like more than a, a couple of days worth of driving 
uh unless it's like specifically a road trip to see sites and stuff like that like i would much prefer to just sort of get there and be done that you know air travel is the best way to do that but i have been through air travel hell in some of the same ways that are depicted in this movie so i completely Mm -hmm. understand where you're coming from with you know that being your personal hell um i've not had thankfully uh you know an overweight uh you know seat neighbor waving his socks because uh, <laughs> his, his dogs are barking but uh it's not <sighs> air travel in and of itself like is its own kind of no man's land of of people like there's th- there are websites dedicated to shaming people who do stuff on planes like the worst is the people who somehow contort themselves into a ball, but manage to be able to reach up with their feet to turn on the light or to open the valve for their little air vent. Um, and those people, they fill me with a particular brand of rage that just other people don't. And like, I work in an infuriating field. I work in IT And I deal with very obstinate people who don't want to, like, learn technology. Those people... But what if I don't want special characters in my password? Well, that's tough luck. um, Because it's 2019. But it's also 2019. Leave your shoes on on the plane and stop touching things with your feet. Particularly my elbow as you stick your feet through the seats... And sit them on my armrest, you fucking animal. Yeah, that sounds like you don't like flying. I love flying. <laughs> I love I, I I I love the aspect of flying that it gets me to a place in a very short period of time. I hate the aspect of flying that involves other people. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. This movie basically is the same as flying it gets you from one place to another but you hate all the people involved (laughs) oh wait wait is that i don't think that's what their intent was but uh i do i do know that um you know again this whole reflecting upon a, a movie's place in our life what it was when we were young versus now and Mm -hmm. uh this is definitely one of those movies that as a, a kid relatively young i'd say somewhere in the junior high middle school to high school range at some point in that uh mix this just became one of like those quintessential movies that myself and my very small group of uh friends or people i'd consider friends like it was just a touchstone that you know everybody thought this was a really funny and great movie and then just over the years watching it probably you know through college at different points and and even just fast forwarding till now when we went back and watched it i haven't seen it and i don't know how long but it's been quite a while it, mm-hmm. it's just a it's a nice reminder that not everything deteriorates with age <laughs> and that yeah you know the the things that you know so much i'd say 98 percent of this movie the ridiculousness of it has either maintained a healthy funny aspect or for me 
even gotten more ridiculous. Like, I just am remembering now that when there's a scene and it's a cut scene or a cut scene, but it's like a, a faraway scene of of both Dell and Neil. And I at this moment, I can't remember what they're waiting for, whether it was for a train or a car or like a, a hotel, I, whatever it was. It was a faraway shot. They never zoomed in and they were sitting next to a, a guy. And this guy, I, I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, many, many times, but I've I've never noticed that there's a guy sitting there with a box on his lap and two mice crawling on his legs, and there's a little hole in the box for the mice to crawl into. And they slowly, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I, I, I don't remember which scene, I'm trying to remember now, it's a faraway shot of them sitting on a bench, it's just the two of them, and then... As we're facing them, to their left, there's another guy sitting on a bench, and he's just got a box on his lap. He never says a word. They never pan in. They, they never play it up as a joke. But he's sitting there with a box, and there's just some mice crawling around on his legs. And, like, like I think that box is, like, the the, the mouse's home. Is this when, they, like, after the train breaks down and they're waiting for the bus? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Because I think it was, like, a some kind of a bus station or something where they were just waiting. Um, oh my god! I I didn't even notice the mice. Like I was just yeah. kind of paying attention to, uh, to Dell and Neil, and not like I I mean I'm looking at the guy next to them to their right like every every few seconds, but I didn't even think it to look at like the box in his lap or what's going on there. I mean, just Did so that... many little little things, and like some things aren't even that little. But I talked about all the the different like the the bit parts and small things like the the. The guy that comes to pick them up in his truck to take them uh, to the train station. And he, I don't even, he barely even has words, but a lot of it is just making faces and then like spitting to like spit. oh, horribly. Gosh. But it's like, it's again, just that, that thing of where they just take these normal, annoying, stupid situations and then turn it up to 11 and make it just as horrible as possible that you just can't help laughing and be like, how? Like, no, this is too much to even look at and consider. This is insane. And yeah, it's <sighs> hilarious. The whole time I'm sitting there going, oh my God, this is disgusting. <laughs> and like that, the timing of that, like shaking Dell's hand spitting again in a horrible way and wiping it on his glove and then reaching out and shaking Steve Martin's hand immediately after with no no pause or break for effect. It's just automatic. You're like, no! And it just happens. <laughs> Don't touch his hand! Oh, man. Um, there's a, there's so, something that this movie kind of made me think about. Um, it, coming back to the trains bit, is the fact that we have so little train travel in this country anymore. That's a shame. Like, it is a shame. Like, I would love to be able to travel this country by, by rail. Like, we... So, back in... Uh, back in April, uh, right... Actually, right before we started doing this podcast... Uh, John, you know this, but our audience may not necessarily know... Uh, my family and I went to Austria and like one of the sort of recurring parts of that trip to Austria was that we took the train everywhere. Like, if it was just in town, we were taking the train. If we went to, we were like mainly staying in Vienna and we decided, oh, we're going to go to Salzburg and we took a train, you know, two hours, two hours to Salzburg. We took a train two hours to Budapest, like 
you take the train everywhere in Europe. Uh, you cannot take the train any goddamn where in this country. It's... Uh, it is not <laughs> feasible. Like unless you are in the Northeast, uh, th- there is really not. I would say like from from like Chicago East and from like DC North. Well, and that's pretty much it. As it may, may last year from Ladnyad Yacht or those are all certainly sounds that came out of your mouth. That's train language. I'm surprised you didn't know that. Um, I was gonna say, <laughs> as you, I guess I need more training. Oh my god! Can we can we start over the whole podcast? Not just this episode. Everything <laughs> you ruined everything. everything with a new host. <laughs> and uh, sp- speaking of new hosts, you may not know this about me, but I am an avid fan of train travel not like for commuting necessarily but like long train trips and i happen to know more or less every route that amtrak takes in the united states and have been on many of them and i i have a very particular feeling about train travel in a very you know interesting metaphysical ways i feel it's a a really an amazing place to go to just kind of escape the responsibilities of driving and having to worry about things but you're still moving you can enjoy all the scenery and stuff it's just it's an incredible thing and and usually when i do travel i like to get my own private sleeper car so i can escape from people if i want but it's for someone who's kind of introverted and not a big fan of just randomly connecting with strangers it's one of the few exceptions where i make an effort to try to socialize just a bit because there's a lot of people who've spent a lot of their time traveling the country in different countries via the rail system, and you can learn a lot from them. Um, so it kind of sucked that, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles is all about making everything horrible because their short experience on the train certainly didn't you know do much to promote <laughs> the beauty and wonder of traveling by train. But um, But there's some really magical trips that you could take from... You know, it, I've done like, you know, from L.A. up to Seattle, um, back stuff like that, or from like San Francisco area out to well, you can go all the way to Chicago. Um, but that section from Salt Lake City to Denver is one of the most amazing things I've ever done. It's just gorgeous. I want to I want to do that route so bad because yeah. like, it passes by my office. My, my office is right there on the, the rail line yep. and I see them like once or twice a week. Uh, on that route, I'm just like, man, I would love to do that. Like we, we actually we went down to Grand Junction a couple of months ago and saw that same train that passes by my office pass through Grand Junction. I was like, man, that looks so cool. I'd love yeah. to do that. That is the exact same train. I, you can get it at about four in the morning in Salt Lake City, and uh, I believe you get to Denver somewhere around five six p.m. Uh, but it's it's just go- it, it, so many times you'll come through a tunnel and look out and be like. This has just got to be CGI. This can't be real. Like, this is just amazing. Um, so anyway, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, not a very good movie when it comes to selling you the beauty and wonder of traveling by train, but it does an excellent job of telling you exactly what it's like to be on a plane. Um, so, yes. you know, they got one right. And for the record, Memory Distillery, very pro-train. So Yes, Amtrak hit us up. There. Hashtag Amtrak lovers. Yeah. Uh, Am- Amtrak.com slash the memory distillery. You know, are there a lot of podcasts that get paid to promote Amtrak? 
I don't know, but there should I, be, damn it. It really seems like the logical crossover and something that I'll, if I have to, I'll start my own private train podcast just to make that happen. <sighs> anyway, uh, hit us up if you have any similar train-loving thoughts. Uh, we'd love to find if anyone in the world is excited about trains as I am. Yeah, absolutely. That's not a fictional character on a TV show that's now over. So, usually... One of us has a question that we like sort of throw out to the other one. Um, I was going to ask, uh, what do you or who do you remake this movie with? But they kind of already did, didn't they? Um, with due date. Uh, I mean, this movie's been remade 33 times, you know, and it's and it that's, probably that's probably <laughs> true. Like, and this wasn't even the fashion, first. This wasn't the first version of this movie that existed either. Uh, I, it, that I believe as well. It really just sticks out because of the, the performances of John Candy and Steve Martin, as we said in the beginning. It's really not an original movie. The whole idea of a you know a road trip gone bad and crazy stuff happening. Like, it's a variation on that, but there's nothing horribly new here. And there have been a million takes on it. I can think of at least a half dozen that mimic the the kind of feeling idea of it so yeah it's the that idea of just how would you recast it? how would you reboot it you're right it, it does feel a little irrelevant just in the scheme of mm-hmm. what exists already however let me ask you this because it is go for it. it it's just follows up on what you were saying but with a slight twist to it you know imagine you're some typical hollywood agent type person and you know you found out hey they're going to do a reboot of planes trains and automobiles now question is not anthony you as a creative interesting person who do you want to be in the roles the question is who do you typical hollywood agent who makes sometimes okay but sometimes dumb decisions who are you going to want to pitch to play these parts like who do you think's marketable? Who do you think is, yeah, that'll be funny. This will be hilarious and great. Whether it works or not, what do you think is a Hollywood answer to that question? Mm. I mean, if it's in today, like if we're talking in 2019, um, man, I guess for the Dell character, probably probably kevin james i hate you but uh, that, that is correct <laughs> but now uh, the tougher the tougher one the, the tougher one is the neil character because there's a lot of meat on that bone but don't think about uh, it in terms of who could pull it off and who you'd like to see and all this stuff but who would hollywood who I'm, th- I'm thinking of who's up? hot who's hot right now and who would go well with? Ke- I mean, I guess if we're going Kevin James for Dell, this almost has to be uh, an Adam Sandler joint. Nope. And Adam Sandler puts himself in most of his movies, but I don't think he would put himself as the main character. So I would say Adam Sandler's not a box office draw. Uh, not really. Yeah, but Hollywood isn't necessarily always looking at box office. True. Lately, but... like lately, they're they're definitely you know on that that so is that tip. is that your answer are you kind of veering no, in? i'm i'm still it's still kind of pinballing around in my head up there kevin james and i'm giving you as much leeway as i can before i give you the correct answer <laughs> brian cranston 
Nope. The correct okay. answer is Kevin Hart. Oh, okay. That's what Hollywood say. They would say, oh, we get it. It's like planes and trains and automobiles, but it's more diverse. And he's a funny comedian. And you pairing him up with Kevin James. It's going to be, this is going to be box office gold. It's going to be yep. hilarious. And like they would he's sell it. the physical they, comedy. He can, he can yell and scream. Absolutely. They'd be like, it's just like Avengers, but for road trips. And they would just, you know, it's Jumanji, but with Kevin James. Like whatever they got to say, like they would sell it. And that would be, yeah. Ke- and then, you know, of course we already, you already knew, obviously Kevin James would do the doofus part and he'd just kind of be horrible and it wouldn't be as funny as John Candy, but he would, he would, he'd kind of morph into that role. And then Kevin Hart, he wouldn't be able to do all the nuances that Steve Martin pulls off, but he would do a really great, like I'm fed up and I'm going to give a whole big speech and scream at the top of my lungs and you know, the kind of a thing when he gets all frustrated. So, mm-hmm. so I don't think it's a horrible casting idea for if they were trying to do it. I would never want to see them try to do it like as an actual remake. But like we said, this concept has been done a lot. But if they were really trying to literally use the same name and just reboot it with different people, I really think that's what that's who they would go for. I, I'd say that that's probably a, a safe bet in terms of who Hollywood would pick. Yeah, um, I, I still like the Brian Cranston idea. Uh, for Neil, I just I think that it's a good choice. Maybe not necessarily a Hollywood choice. Uh, if but if I'm going back in time, uh, between at at a point between when Plane Trains and Automobiles was made and now, I'm probably doing a uh, a David Spade and Chris Farley film. I mean, I think like. 85% of all of the David Spade and Chris Farley films were planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, because all that they really did was road trip and like. I mean, they even were in a convertible that got ship. completely trashed. And yeah. <laughs> like, there are some parallels that are. Maybe, maybe that's why that's where my head went. All right. Yep. I mean, one thing I do think that we got to bring up, because I don't know what version you watch, but when I was watching the, the modernized version, it was really weird when they were. Uh, eating food at that one diner and all of a sudden john candy just like yells out mcclunky uh right right before they get the bill i didn't know what that why I, did they why did they insert mcclunky like, it's just so i weird. did get that version i so on this version uh from what i was reading they had uh george lucas come in and rework from from some deleted footage but he and, never worked on this movie. I don't know why he made a different. Why he make planes, trains, and automobiles? Why is he making a different edit of it? He's why weird. does why do he's, they bring George Lucas in on anything? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, on that note, <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. on that note, uh, thank you everyone so much for listening to the Memory Distillery every week. Uh, we have new episodes every Monday. Uh, so please, uh, like we said at the uh, at, right after the break, share this with a friend so that they can join in and join us as we distill another favorite from our past. Yeah, and I hate to to beat the same dead horse that Anthony's beating, but just imagine if you would a world in which you have, well, just imagine you had a friend or two, and then on top of that, uh, imagine <laughs> imagine if they also were watching and watching this podcast what a magical world where they could visualize what's going on they'd have some sort of 
in an audio only medium. Yeah. So if they get in on that, you know there's some kind of weird fairy magic going in. And you tap into that, and you're—I mean, your life is looking pretty fine. So <laughs> get your friends listening, and while they're doing that, you could tell them, "Hey, you know, before you even listen, you're going to hear this really cool song in the beginning and middle and end. It's gonna—it's gonna be by this band called Semaphore, and it's gonna be this song called Destroying the Evidence.' And like, they're a really cool band, and they have some interesting music that you should dig into, so you can be really cool and hip at those parties you go to in Seattle and tell all your friends about the music you're listening to. Um, that's what your friends will say. I—I I wouldn't say it like that. Um, all I would say is that you should write us at the memory distillery at gmail.com and tell us exactly why you love traveling by train. Um, probably for a hundredth episode, we'll probably record it on a train traveling somewhere. That would be a fun thing to do. Um, I would you, absolutely be on board with that. I think that's a great idea. And all of a sudden I want to make that work. And if you want to be on that train with us, I think it would be awesome to have some sort of long-term contest where we get one or two people that, you know, come on the train and, and then we, we do like a Danny DeVito throw mama from the train thing, or I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it could be anything or, or no, uh, murder on the Orient express or Ooh. Harry Potter, or there's lots of movies with good train stuff. There, there's a hundred possible choices that we could go with. Um, was that, uh, one with, uh, Chris Pine and Denzel Washington, Unstoppable. Oh, like, there's uh, tons. Taking of, no, not taking. A it was Unstoppable. Yeah, you might be right. But but yeah, there's 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 just a ton more train movies and submarine movies. Am I right? Yeah, huh? That was a high five. Um, so as we wind down this week, as we always do, talking about trains versus submarines, um, I want to tell you again that I'm very happy you're listening, and I can't wait to uh, get into our Christmas time episodes with you. And uh, I am John Deck. And I am Anthony Ranieri, and this has been the Memory Distillery. Stay classy, Chicago. Stay, stay classy, Wichita. <laughs> they don't even have a train there. Ha, 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 ha.